1: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Murray to the right has Adibayo defending. Bounce pass to Jokic against Martin at the free throw line. Jokic puts it on the deck, drives and scores. Denver back in front. Drives, fades, fires, missed it. Rebound, weak side. Bruce Brown and puts it back up and in. Denver by one. No team in NBA history's waited longer. After
0: forty-seven years, the Denver Nuggets are finally NBA champions. It was as impressive as could be, dispatching the Miami Heat in five games, and really
2: having their way through most of the NBA playoffs. But what gave it away? The fact that they needed 16 wins, and it only took them 20 games to do it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah,
0: maybe. I mean, the only the only time it was, and it wasn't even threatened. The only time it was even pushed a little bit, was a 2-2 with Phoenix. yeah, And that was
2: it. I mean, the only run in recent memory that was more impressive was the 2016-17 Warriors run, where I think they lost, what, one game? One game. Yep. One game? Yep. One game. And that was in the finals, and it took LeBron James at
0: the height of his powers. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on Twitter, at ChrisCarlin99, at chriscanty ninety nine. Uh, our question, which NFL team can be the the NFL version of the Denver Nuggets? This past year? Yeah. Also, when did you have your first beer? That's your question as well. And it's ESPN. What age? But, oh, my gosh. You know, it's funny. So we can look at this from a few different ways. We're going to look at the Nuggets and say, you don't want to say that nobody necessarily expected them to win. They have been on the doorstep of making some playoff noise here for a few years, but they finally
2: broke through. That's what this is about. Well, they've had a lot of regular season success throughout the years. But playoff disappointment. But that hadn't translated to success in the playoffs, and they had that one outlier year in the bubble where they got to the conference finals. But remember, they had come back from multiple 3-1 deficits in series in their run-up to the conference finals. Right. So I, I wasn't, you know... I don't know that anybody looked at the Denver Nuggets and said, that's a legitimate NBA contender. Like, they're going to hold up the Larry O'Brien trophy, even after the regular season when they had the best record in the West. Think about all the teams that we were saying were favored to win out of the Western Conference. It wasn't the Denver Nuggets. It was the Lakers. It was the Golden State Warriors. We, we kind of dismissed the Clippers because of the Kawhi injury, the Paul George injury, but... It was the Phoenix Suns. It was Memphis. It was everybody else but the Denver Nuggets. Nobody believed that the Nuggets could be the best team in basketball for the two months that it takes to win a title. Because they hadn't shown it to us before. Exactly.
0: So there are the teams in the NFL that have been in similar situations. A couple of them have gotten close. One even broke through five years ago. But when we talk about this, we talk about teams like the Cincinnati Bengals right now with Joe Burrow. Mm Mm-hmm. We talk about the Philadelphia Eagles who, yes, won a championship, but the last few years it's been a little bit different, found their way to the post- or to the Super Bowl this year. Yep. We talk about the Buffalo Bills who have not gotten through and gotten to the Super Bowl. And frankly, you know, that door might be closing sooner rather than later. Haven't won the Super Bowl. I
2: mean, gotten to it recently. Bob. Oh, gotten to it recently. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I was just, I was curious because you know the, the Denver Nuggets had never won. Right, right, right. They never, they never, they never played. In the they finals. never played in the finals. Right, yeah. right, right.
0: The Ravens are another team. Now they won a Super Bowl ten years ago.
2: It's a long time ago. It is.
0: The Chargers, who have never been to a Super, well they've been to one, but they're they haven't won one. No. Who of these teams, when you look at great players? who might be considered the greatest in the league at some point, like we look at Jokic, who of these teams jumps out to you as somebody that can fit
2: that model? Well, the part that you included at the end is is the one we've got to focus on, right? Because coming into this season, even though he had won back-to-back MVPs, nobody thought Nikola Jokic was the best player in the NBA. No, absolutely like, not. If you were drafting players, I, I don't know where Jokic would fall on your list coming into the season, but on my list, he was on the outside looking into the top five. Uh-huh. Like, when I was putting together a list of players that I would draft, I could run off five players that I would draft in front of Nikola Jokic. And now you can. And, and sleep well at night. And now you cannot. And now you probably can. Now you definitely can. I mean, and now if you're drafting players, I, I would have to draft Jokic number one, even though he doesn't have the athletic traits of a Giannis or a Joel Embiid or a Jason Tatum. The guy is the most unstoppable force in the sport. So when we start talking about teams that could be the NFL version of the Denver Nuggets, we got to start there. Which teams out there have a player, and I guess we'd have to be narrowing it down to quarterbacks, that we would say you would draft first of anybody in the sport. Now, I know what I'm saying. Because Pat Mahomes is the best player in the world. Who has a player that after this upcoming season, you could say to yourself, I'll make a case that I should draft that guy first over Pat Mahomes. Based on what happens in 2023. That, that to me narrows down the list a lot more. Agreed. But if we're talking about those, those players with those dominant traits, I mean, you're talking about the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. You're considering the Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Herbert. Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow. Do we throw Baltimore in there as well with Lamar Jackson? I mean, he's won an MVP already. I, I certainly would. Like, there are, there, do we consider the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence, who's now a top five to seven quarterback in this league? Like, like there are, that's the thing. The Denver Nuggets run kind of, it kind of came out of nowhere. And so I'm looking at the teams that would be set up to have that kind of success and the player that it would be geared around that could ascend to being the best in the sport. That's a tall order. It is. Because Pat Mahomes is so good. You know where I'm going? He's so good.
0: Going Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And the reason is, I, I look at Jokic, right? Mm. I think about how... If you look at the early years in his career and how he improved himself and how he became as dominant as he did, I think about the traits of Jalen Hurts the last couple of years Mm -hmm. and what he did this past year to really be at the very top of the MVP discussion. I don't get the impression that there's anything about Jalen Hurts that's ever satisfied. I really don't. That to me feels like somebody that's got that capability He is an explosive runner when he needs to be. He has proven himself to be incredibly accurate and to work on that and to get better at it in a very short time in his career when he was never considered that his first two years. I think he's got that kind of capability. I mean, if we're talking about the individual players in the midst of this, and then you surround him by that team, I think that's where it could come from. I can make the argument that in in two years, if everything goes the way that it could, we might be talking... I mean, Chris, let's be honest, okay? Mm. If Jonathan Gannon actually figured out that he needed to make changes in the second half, Mm. Pat Mahomes doesn't have a second Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts has one. Because Jalen Hurts was tremendous in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he was. He was great. Yeah. And... I I mean... We're 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 People right now are listening to me say this, saying you're out of your mind. Go back and watch the Super Bowl. He yeah.
2: had a better performance than Pat Mahomes. He did. Yeah. He played better
0: than Pat Mahomes. That's only because Jonathan Gannon didn't screw it up.
2: Yeah. So I think that's where I'm at with it. Here's the problem with Jalen Hurts, and I love Jalen Hurts' game. I don't think there's much not to like about it. I just don't know if I could ever get to a point where I would say I would take Jalen Hurts off over Pat Mahomes because I think there are some limitations in terms of the physical ability. But again, we said that same thing about Jokic, and it doesn't seem to matter. Like, it, are we getting to a point where we're, we're going to say Jalen Hurts is the most unstoppable force in the sport? Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be. I mean, they're set up for it. They're strong on both sides of the ball up front on the line of scrimmage. They have the requisite skill position players that it takes. They've retooled the defense. They have continuity when it comes to their head coach and their quarterback. We'll see how the loss of the coordinators affects him, But, yeah, I, I, I could see Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think it gets dicey when you start looking at any of those AFC quarterbacks just because of the divisions that they play in. The Chargers is obvious. They're, they're head-to-head with Pat Mahomes twice a year and the Chiefs. But then you look at the AFC North between Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. Think about that division. I could make a case that any one of those four teams could win that division. Any one of them. You can make a, you can make a case Steelers can win that division, with Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Even D- Kenny Pickett D- in year two. Yeah, I could. I'm I could. not there yet they're, on that. They're, they're, they're never. They're never. <laughs> they're never having a losing record. No, I know. They never have a. And look at how they ended last year. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a big deal. The second half of last year they were phenomenal. So I mean, I just you look at the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, like you look at that division, I think that's a three-team race legitimately between them, Miami, and the Jets. So I, I have a hard time saying that any one of those quarterbacks are going to ascend to the heights that we're seeing Nikola Jokic. If I if I had to point to one of them, I would probably lean toward Lamar Jackson yeah. because mm-hmm. of the dominant traits, but also because of the dominant defense. When they traded for Roquan Smith, that defense was pitching shutouts. Yep, they were allowing less than twelve points a game. Think I, about, think about that. They were damn good before that too. Th- but, uh, that, but, think, yeah. but think about that. We were once they traded for Roquan Smith, they were allowing less than twelve points a game. That's how good that defense was. And and now you're going to get Lamar Jackson back healthy with weapons, and a different offense that's going to feature him as a passer as opposed to being a runner. Yeah, man, I, I could see the Baltimore Ravens. Jumping to those heights and putting a stranglehold on them. The other thing you got to consider, Lamar Jackson has beaten Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson has beaten Pat Mahomes. Lamar Jackson can beat the best quarterbacks that he's going to be faced off with. He's done it already. So can I I see the Baltimore Ravens doing that? Continuity. Think about their head coach. How long John Harbaugh has been there. Mm -hmm. Harbaugh has been there since what, 2008, 2007, something like that? Yep. He's been there forever. So, I mean, I just I think that that lends itself to them having a Denver Nuggets-like run and ushering in a potential new era for the Ravens in terms of being able to compete for Super Bowls consistently. Jackson's the only
0: other one I could throw in that discussion. And it does, at its face, it feels like a ridiculous thing to think about when it comes to the talent of Patrick Mahomes. It may not be. And it's not a knock against Mahomes. He's going to be great for a long time. He's the best in the sport, period, right now. There, there are one or two that I could point to that maybe not off too far in the distance we could consider that way. And you mentioned the AFC East. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. The one team you did not mention in that AFC East and it was the New England Patriots. And today <laughs> and tomorrow, according to our Diana Rossini, they have uh, DeAndre Hopkins in for a visit. Canty, I am getting sick and tired of hearing people talk about Bill Belichick having earned the right to go out the way that he wants. When when are we all going to just come to this very simple realization? Folks, it ain't the Patriot way. It's the Brady way. Mm. That's what it is. Because one guy has done it without the other, and ever since he won that war of... Territories between Brady and Belichick, Belichick has not done anything. Yeah. He has gotten blown out in the playoff game, and Mm -hmm. that's it. And so if I'm Robert Kraft, when my message has been very, very consistent through this offseason, there's really no talk in my mind about winning the right or having the right to go off the way I want to when winning is most important. And if you need a reminder, here is Robert Kraft with Jeremy Schaap. Well, it's about winning. So, let's see what happens. He's He's done pretty good so far. I mean, I know it's important to him, too. My objective every year is we make the playoffs. Once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. And if you don't? Well, I'm an optimist. Yeah. In other words, I ain't going to answer that because it ain't a good answer for it Bill. It ain't
2: an answer that you're going to like. It ain't and an it, answer Bill's going to like. No, it's not. But I think that's the reality of it. But Kraft has been sending up these smokesicles all off season. Yep. He's been saying it. He said it at the end of March at the owners meeting when Bill Belichick had that asinine response to what can Patriots fans expect coming off of such a down season. Then he commented on it at the end of the season in January. He talked about the importance of winning, and here's a man that allowed Belichick to make the decision to move off of Tom Brady. We keep talking about what Bill Belichick has earned in the way of right, rights to finish, the way he wants to finish, and when that is. Well, what about Tom Brady? Tom Brady was your quarterback when you won those six Super Bowls. What about his right? He wanted to play until he was 45, and Belichick said, no. He's got to go. And what did Brady do the following season? Win a damn Super Bowl. How do you think that makes Robert Kraft feel? Not great. So if Brady didn't earn the right to let it end in New England the way that he wanted, why the hell does Belichick have that right? See, I get tired of us getting caught up in allowing narratives to shape our opinions. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's consumed saying, oh yeah, there's no question, Kraft is going to let Bill Belichick pursue Don Shula's record. Why? 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 If my team has had a losing record two of the last three years, if it's been five seasons since I had a playoff win, why would I continue to go down this road with Belichick? For the sake of letting him get an individual award, an individual accolade? Kraft just told us in March. Our organization has never been about that. It's never been about players or coaches or anybody within our organization pursuing individual awards. And it's about winning. And who set that tone? The head coach. The head coach. So he establishes a standard, which we're not going to hold him to because we want him to get Don Shula's record? Here's what I know. Stop yourselves.
0: Here's what I know. When Bill Belichick had players that were no longer helping him win championships, he moved on from him. Why is it wrong for an owner to look at him the same way?
2: Yes, he did. Especially, here's the thing, especially when the owner has given the coach slash general manager carte blanche in the wake of Brady. Think about this. A few years ago, Robert Kraft was livid when they went on that free agency spending spree, when they paid big money for Hunter Henry and Matt Jadon and John O. Smith and all of these other – they spent a lot of money to bring these guys into their organization. And Kraft said, yeah, that's usually not the way we like to do things. Then Belichick a couple of years ago drafts Mac Jones in the first round to be the successor – to Tom Brady, and then going into year two, appoints a defensive coordinator and Matt Patricia, play-calling duties on offense, knowing how important that sophomore season is for young quarterbacks. These are all the buttons that Bill Belichick has been pushing over the last three or four seasons, and they haven't worked out. So why are you going to continue to stay the course with this dude? So this is the point. If you are
0: ultimately saying that he deserves the right to go out the way that he wants, they have already given him that, and he hasn't been able to do it, and he hasn't done it the right way. So how long do you continue to pay for these championships
2: without the biggest key to those championships? Canty and Carlin. Hell, at this rate, how long is it going to take you to catch Don Shula with wins? Because it don't look like you're going to be doing a lot of that in That's 2023.
0: That's I'm sorry. But like, how
2: long is it going to take? Yeah, I know. He's 72 years old, Chris. I... How long? No, no, seriously, he's 72 years old. Like, how how many head coaches we know coach into their mid 70s? They don't. Marv Levy coached until he was 72. Then he went to the front office. I know Pete Carroll's a little bit older. He, Pete Carroll might be 70. Two and some change, maybe 73 years old. But usually, that's the off-ramp for coaches. Early 70s. we here now with Belichick. Why are we going to give him more leash? That don't make no sense to me. So Bill's sitting at 298 right now.
0: He's going to win 31 more games? That means you're going to guarantee me that they're going to win eight, nine games every year for the next four years? <laughs> Have you seen that division this year? Yeah, I'll take a pass on that. Thanks. Yeah. Bill, if somebody else wants to hire you and let you coach to your 76 and go get your little record, good for you.
2: I I just don't understand how we can sit here and think that Kraft is going to allow Belichick to chase this record when Belichick didn't allow Tom Brady to play until he was 45 years old, which was his stated goal. Chris? Tom Lane. No, you can't make the claim that Belichick is more responsible for the Super Bowls than Brady. No, you can't. You can't make that claim. And here's what I know. So how so how has Bill Belichick earned a right that wasn't afforded to Tom Brady? Help help me understand that. Here's what I know. Help, help me, no, I, I just want somebody to explain that to me. Because everybody that's talking about it on TV and radio keeps saying he's earned the right. He's earned the right. How? If Tom Brady didn't earn the right. And then after he got dismissed, went and won a damn Super Bowl.
0: Tom Landry got fired. That's all I'm going to say.
2: And and what happened to the Cowboys? Jimmy Johnson in three championships. Sometimes it's not the wrong thing to move away from a legendary coach. It's a necessity.
0: Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Up next, the NBA. Who's staying? Who's going? Answers, we want them, we get them. From one of our insiders, next
3: Legal and administrative and customer support at Robert Half. We know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today.
1: Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
3: The man who can help fill in
0: some of those holes for us coming up is Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. You're following him on Twitter at Bobby Marks42. You're doing that, of course if you want to know what's going on, if you're interested in, you know, insight and information. Otherwise, I can't help you. Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bobby, good to have you with us. Let's start with this kind of, I don't want to call it bizarre, but this strange situation with Bradley Beal, his contract, and being a player that has potentially held the cards more than any other player in league history.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, he holds everything right? I mean, he basically, you know, and he, you know, besides having $200 million plus left, you know, he dictates where he can go. He dictates essentially even who's in part of that, that trade package. Um, because if you're Bradley Beal, you're not going to one of your preferred destinations. If the roster looks like a non uh, non-playoff team here. And um, yeah, I mean, he's the only player in the league that has a no trade clause and, Although he, you know, has performed like an all-star when he's um, when he when he's you know certainly healthy, and that's been the big if the last couple of years, is that I, I just think it's going to be a challenge here recouping or trying to get a home run type package if you're the Wizards. It's not going to be what Donovan Mitchell went for or Rudy Gobert. Or, um, I, I equate him to. You know, we traded when I was in New Jersey. We traded for Joe Johnson back in 2000, um, mm. 2012, and we gave back four expiring contracts and a future one. I mean, that's probably what you're looking like, unless there is a team out there like, you know, maybe the Miami Heat, right? Who has a player like Tyler Hero um, and is willing to move off there. But I think if you're if you're the Wizards, you're probably staring at probably expiring contracts, and hopefully you get a number one pick out of this,
2: Bobby. In your Opinion, who's best positioned to be able to land Bradley Beal in terms of giving him what he could potentially be looking for with a destination, an opportunity to compete in the postseason and potentially win a championship?
4: I think the Heat are. And I know, you know, these, we have these new collective bargaining rules coming in. And it's going to make it extremely challenging, especially if you had Beal and, um, at a BAM out of bio and Jimmy Butler, you know, basically three players making Oh man, I don't know, $150 million between the three. I think wow. any other organization that's doom and gloom, I just I think you probably have to trust Miami more just because they've been able to go out and find those diamond in the rough type players to kind of um, to continually build around. It, unfortunately, it's going to get expensive when you look at, you know, Gabe Vincent and, and Max Juice, who are going to be, you know, free agents here. It's going to cost you more to retain them here. But I do think, because of their track record here, um, that if there's a team to do it, it would be the Heat.
0: Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, joining us, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Bobby, let's just put it simply: what are the chances that Zion Williamson gets moved before the draft?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know he's, he's the rookie contract extension starts in um, in July here. I think if, if people are looking at it, like, well, Zion needs a change of scenery and, he, you know, not working in new Orleans. And I'm, and I'm thinking like, well, wait a minute, like all of a sudden that team is going to uh, you know wave the magic wand. And all of a sudden he's going to become healthy and he's going to become durable and he's going to be on the court more than on, in street clothes here. Um, you know, if you are the Pelicans, I think it's just a matter of, if, it, if you it's a run the course um, where you don't want to go through it again and what's, the best value for zion williamson can you get to two can you get to three if it's a player like scoot henderson here and i think you know he's got 192 million dollars um, on, on this deal that's about to start and, and chris knows as well with, with nfl contracts here you know it's certainly structured where there they get out of jail free card after two years where they mm-hmm. be a team can cut Luke. so i wouldn't look at it that it's a huge risk from a, contra- a contractual standpoint but it's just a matter if you have faith that Zion Williamson can stay on the court healthy for 60 plus games. And the body of work over the last four years has shown no. So that's something that the Pelicans have to deal with. And I think that's something with teams across the league would have to deal with as far as how much they're willing to kind of give up here. Talking with ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby
2: Marks on Canty and Carlin. And Bobby, you mentioned the third overall pick. The Blazers are in that spot. There have been reports out there that the Pelicans would consider including Zion or Brandon Ingram in a package to move up that high in order to draft Scoot Henderson. I'm just curious, from your perspective, how much of the Pelicans, I mean, how much of the Blazers' appetite to make a move like that hinges on trying to retain Damian Lillard this summer?
4: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, um, Portland's working on their timeline. I don't, I don't think coincides with Damian Lillard's timeline, especially, you know, when you, when you're adding through the draft here, I think the hard part, uh, Chris is, is is moving off three, four Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson. And then a year from now, Damian Lillard finally says, you know what, it's not working. And I want to be moved. Now you're scrambling here after trading the third pick in in the draft here. So, you're you're kind of walking a balancing act. I mean for me personally, I, I wish Damian Lillard would just walk in there right now and ask to be traded. You know, I, I think that's for the best for him and I think it's best for the organization if both go in a different direction and you get a restart here because I think eventually it's coming. I don't know if it's gonna be this off season. It might be next off season here, but I just don't see how this team gets better when, you know, with the third pick in the draft and if you retain Jeremy Grant here. Um, so that's you know that's kind of how I you know look at the Lillard situation in Portland,
2: Bobby. If I'm if I'm picking up what you're putting down, I, I mean, if you're the front office of the Blazers, do you take the decision out of Damian Lillard's hands and decide that you're going to move him this summer and auction him? I him don't off think to- so.
4: No, I think he's built so much equity there that you're going to have to go to him. And, and and although he doesn't have a no trade, I think he. I think you get to a point where you say, Hey, this is where we are. We're going to keep pick three. We're going to build with our younger players. We, we feel like you're part of the future here, but this is what our roster looks like. Mm. And if this is not where you want to be, give me, give me four teams, give me five teams. And that goes back to where we started with the Beal situation, right? Like if you get Miami with Beal, now who's left for Damian Lillard here? So I think you're, as I said, they're kind of a little bit of a balancing act as far as where the where the trailblazers are with uh, you know with the draft and certainly with uh, with the future of Lillard. Last
0: one for Bobby Marks. That leads me to the last question. Well, as I said, is it the Sixers? Is that the best fit for Lillard? If in fact it's not Miami,
4: I just don't see Philadelphia having enough to give. I, I don't. I, I don't see. You know, they don't have a draft pick to trade until 2030. You know, Tyrese Maxey, You know, would be certainly the centerpiece. Is that enough when you're looking at Lillard? You feel like you'd have to almost rope a third team, right? Yeah, you would because the, the the equity is there. I had hey, if, if Philadelphia loses James Harden, does Bradley Beal make sense to them? If you're just looking yeah. to get rid of salary in in uh, in Philadelphia, and if you were looking to just get off the Harris contract, and if you're the Wizards looking to get off that two hundred million dollars, does that make the most? Is that does that make the most sense?
0: Listen, at this point, if you're the Sixers, you've got to figure out very quickly how to win a championship with Joel Embiid.
4: I agree. This can't be a gap year going into the offseason of 2024, especially with Embiid coming off this MVP year.
0: Bobby, great stuff as usual. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. It's Kentian and Carlin
2: on ESPN Radio. What he just told you was this: Brad Beal or bus for the Sixers? the Sixers? Yeah, that's what it is. That's a problem. That's a problem. It's a problem unless Brad Beal says he wants to be
0: there. Like, there's nothing else they could even give up in a three-team trade that feels no, like...
2: no. But if you if you Brad Beal says he wants to go to Philadelphia, oh no 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 then absolutely. They, and then if you're the the Wizards, you're taking the, the Tobias Harris contract. A future one, which is 2030, and and you roll from there. What do we do, Canty? We like to make people money. We'll do it next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
1: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
0: You know what it's time for. It's time to make people some money, man. Let's do it.
1: Time to earn some cash. The taste of money. The smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money.
0: Ball. little, Met, yeah, little Mets, Yankees. Get it out, little Mets, Yankees tonight. Subway Series, baby. Yep, great pitching matchup in theory. Yeah, it went the right way last night. Good mm. piece of hitting by Volpe, a seven six. Yeah, although he could turn the double play a little faster in the Listen, ninth that, inning. There, that, that RBI double
2: yep. is what we were looking for in the sixth inning. So, uh,
0: Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander on the mound. Over under for the game seven and a half. Oh, under. All right, under seven and a half. Cole strikeouts, six and a half. Over. Over. Cole has been the best pitcher in baseball. Verlander strikeouts, six and a half. Over.
2: Boom. Have you seen the Yankees light up? Yep. Yeah, it's
0: it's terrible. We got ourselves a parlay. A three leg same game parlay. Three leg same game parlay plus 425 on Caesar Sportsbook. There we go. I like it.
1: Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... One, 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 two, two, three. three and out.
0: Uh, Kenty, I was with the A's fans last night in Oakland on the reverse boycott up until they started throwing stuff in the field at the end of the game. 27,759. All kinds of different signs for John Fisher to sell the team. He really has done everything. I mean, he John Fisher is that woman, Rachel, from Major League, doing everything he can to get that team out of town. That's exactly what he is.
2: Well, he wouldn't be trying to get that team out of town if the local municipality would work with him on getting a new ballpark yeah. because the Coliseum is a dump. And then if the fans showed up and attended the games... I mean, they've been dead last in the league in attendance the last three years. Mm-hmm. What the hell are we talking about? Listen, they've been bad since, what,
0: 2019? I think 2019 they won 97 games. Yeah. They, they've been a bad team. He has completely stripped that team. I, I see it from both sides. I Nevada, the Senate did pass the $380 million bill to fund the A's new stadium in
2: Vegas, still has to go through their state assembly. Well, they explored options with the local municipalities in the Bay Area, and they didn't want to go down the road of helping them get funding for a new stadium. So what the hell else is he supposed to do? Listen, I just wish it was going down
0: a little bit better than this. It's, it's unfortunate, but as much as the A's fans there uh, made their voice known, it's a little too little well, maybe too late. they should
2: tell their local politicians to help out and pitch and, in with stadium costs. yeah and of course the mayor is saying oh we were gonna help you well keep, keep right. in mind the golden state warriors played in the bay uh, in oakland once upon a time and they moved to san francisco yes they did maybe there's something <laughs> to be said about doing business with oakland politicians <laughs> they played right next door exactly that's calcium. my point
0: <laughs> uh canty tomorrow 128 eastern time I believe it is. Or 128 Pacific time. We have, uh, no, 154 Pacific time. I'm sorry. 154. You you got the time time. right? Yes. Okay. Jeez. All right. Rory McElroy, Brooks Kepka, same group. Oh, I'm here for it. I'm
2: here for it. I got oh, it mixed yeah. up because it's the right Country Right around 5 o'clock, I will be settling in to watch the US but I got to see that.
0: Uh, they will also be playing with Hideki Matsuyama, who's just along for the ride there. I
2: love that. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to be Matsuyama tomorrow. <laughs> right? Just He's sit just just between a the two of them, bit. take it in, and enjoy it. And that's going to be a hell of a course, too. I, I mean, you got Andy North talking about, you know, you've just got to be patient. There are going to be some holes where you're going to double bogey. Yeah. you're going to. Th- that's how difficult... L.A. Country Club is. You see how deep the rough is? Oh, it's, 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 it's insane. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's see, insane. I,
0: I hate when we make the, the course the story. No, I, I, I
2: love it because I love to see professional golfers look as bad as I do. <laughs> so I'm all here for it. <laughs> uh, according to The Athletic,
0: the Heat made an offer for Kyrie Irving before the trade deadline. Sometimes
2: it's not about the moves you make. It's about the ones you don't. And then you had one last one you wanted to get in. Oh, yeah. I mean, Drew Smith, the pitcher from the Mets, yeah, being suspended for 10 games. For because of the stuff? sticky stuff. Again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with Max Scherzer on this one. There's got to be something more formulaic when it comes to throwing a guy out of a game and suspending them. Like, there has to be. like It just can't be the umps coming over, patting your hand and saying, oh, it's too sticky. You're out of the game and we're going to suspend you for 10 more. I mean, there's got to be some way to judge spin rate. And I know they've got all of the cameras that that can do it. If you can show an increase in a player's spin rate or something to that effect, then okay, cool. Suspend him. But throwing a guy out and then suspending him for 10 games, it just seems really, really aggressive for not having a better system to determine whether or not he's using an unfair advantage with the sticky stuff. And, And can we all just acknowledge that
0: no matter how you do this, they're going to continue to find ways around it. They're going to continue to find new substances, new ways to get better grips just the way they did with beating steroids tests and beating HGH tests. It's just going to continue that way. So, find better ways to go about this to at least slow it
1: down. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.